Welcome to the Inside the Pylon Quick Hicks podcast for Wednesday, October 5th. Mark Schofield here with you again. Chuck's is still on assignment. I think he's scouting some kickers over in Scandinavia somewhere. But we've got a great guest for you. We're joined by Michael Nuttall, making his Quick Kicks debut. He's a contributor to InsideThePylon.com as well as a current student at the Scouting Academy. He's also a Cleveland Browns fan, and that's why we wanted to get him on and talk to him a bit. So I'm going to bring in Michael. Michael, how are you, my friend? I'm doing well tonight, Mark. How are you, sir? I'm doing well. And as I said at the outset, look, you're an inside the pylon contributor. You helped Chuck with uh, some scouting stuff for punters, some charting stuff this summer. Um, you're also doing some work with the Scouting Academy, but you are a Cleveland Browns fan. And we First wanted to bring you on to, to chat a little bit about the Browns. And first, I wanted to get your take on, look, obviously there was a lot of movement this offseason. They bring in Hugh Jackson. They trade down out of that spot where you think they're going to draft a quarterback. They bring in RG3. A lot of movement. What were your expectations coming into this year? Well, I think the biggest thing is you just could not like really depend on a lot of wins. I think when you looked at the schedule, when the schedule first came out, you looked at playing the AFC East, looked at playing the NFC East. It's a tough run, you know. Um, You've got RG3 coming back from who knows what. Your backup is Josh McCown, and it's just like, if you're planning on a lot of wins, I think you're going to be pretty disappointed. So I think the biggest thing for me, looking at all the draft picks that they had, um, the biggest thing was going to be seeing growth like throughout the season. The wins, if they come, that's great, but it's all about you know seeing those guys, those young guys build. Because, I mean, when you look at this roster, you're looking at, I think, 29 spots on the roster, on the 53-man roster, are filled by guys who are either rookies or in their second year. So, I mean, there's there's just a lot of room for growth, and I think that's the biggest thing you want to see. It's interesting that you put it that way, and I'm going to kind of take a little different track right now. Shane Alexander, also an Inside the Pylon contributor, he was talking recently in sort of our Slack about how, from his point of view, if you're a Cleveland fan, if you're in the Cleveland organization, wins just shouldn't matter this year. Like, that doesn't yeah. matter at all. Just get better. Would you kind of agree with him on that? It sounds like yeah. you would. Absolutely. So it's funny you say that because, you know, he was on Twitter yesterday um, and I happened to be scrolling through while the games were on and he had a couple on there about that. Um, I retweeted them and just could not agree more. It's just like, don't, you know, don't get focused on the wins and losses. I think too much today. It's like Browns fans are pretty, you know, disappointed year in and year out. They're frustrated. They want to see wins. I think the way that the organization's going about this, you know, really stripping it down, bringing in these young guys, getting their guys in there, um, you're seeing them really try to build from the ground up for the first time probably since they came back in 99. And so, yeah, you know, you want to see the wins, but I, they're just not that important this year. Now, do I want to see Owen 16? I don't want to be with the Lions fans personally, but maybe we can just get one in 15, and that'll be okay as long as you're seeing the growth. Yeah, I think that's a great point and a good mindset. Let's talk about one of those younger guys, one of those rookies that you said, something like 29 rookies on this 53-man roster, or 29 rookies or second-year players, and that's third-round draft pick Cody Kessler. Obviously pressed into action probably earlier than anybody would have hoped for or expected. But he hasn't fared too badly, I don't think, in these first two games of his. What have you seen from him so far? Well, I really think he, you know, like you said, he got pressed in a lot earlier. I don't think Hugh, in his wildest dreams, hoped to have seen uh, Cody Kessler taking snaps, you know, the first snaps of the game uh, in the third game of the season. What I see is, you know, Hugh putting him in a situation where he's not going to ask Cody to do too much. Um, You know, 
nice little plug for you. I think if you look at your scouting report on Cody, uh, you'll see the guy is smart. The guy is accurate in the short area, but the deep ball is not his game at all. And, you know, watching his first two starts, you see that, um, you know, he's finding prior um, in these short routes, hitting them accurately, allowing him to create yards after the catch. But there's been a few times where he's tried to throw the ball deep. And I mean, I think I put about as much air under the ball as Cody does when he throws it. It's just not his game, but at the same time, you can't expect him to dink and dunk the whole time. Yeah, I mean, one of the interesting things, and I think you might agree with me on this, is if you think about how to scheme an offense, it's almost easier, I think, to scheme around you know, a guy that doesn't have a huge arm than it is to scheme around inaccuracy. And you mentioned with Kessler, that's one of the things that he can put the football where it needs to be. It just might not get there fast enough. And, you know, looking at his first touchdown pass against Washington, that was sort of a deeper out route. He didn't drive it in there, but he put it exactly where he needed to be. Has he been accurate from your perspective? He's definitely been accurate. I mean, if you look at um, his completion percentage, which obviously doesn't tell the whole story, but I mean, 63% for the Miami game, 70% for the Washington game. Again, I think a lot of it is the scheme that Hughes given him. He's not asking him to throw the ball 20, 25 yards, 30 yards every time. He's asking him to hit, you know, like these 10 yard outs, that touchdown pass to Pryor, you know, he was in double coverage and he just threw it out to where only Pryor can get it. Now, you know, you benefit when you have a six, five wide receiver who probably has a 10 foot wingspan. I might be over exaggerating there. Might not, but I mean, I, I, I don't know. I'll have to ask him if I see him. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, he's, he's putting the ball where only his wide receivers can get it most of the time. Now, we did see the interception against Norman. Um, I, I went back and watched that this morning um, while, while I was at work. Don't tell my boss. It's fine. Secret uh, self care, my friend. Appreciate that. And, and you know, like, because I – when I was replaying in my mind, I was like, man, I don't think he threw behind him. And really, if, if you rewatch it, he didn't. He could have led him a little bit more, but I think a lot of that was more just Norman finally kind of like unleashed because Norman really struggled against Pryor. You know, Pryor bodied him up in that first half, and, and I think Norman came out a little pissed off in the second half and uh, um, just made a really good play on that interception. So outside of that, you know, Kessler's been accurate, and he's really avoiding turning the ball over, at least through the air. Let's talk about Pryor because that's been, if not the only bright spot, it's been one of the few bright spots for Cleveland. He's been really impressive. What has impressed you the most about his transition to wide receiver and how that's being handled? Well, I think a lot of it is you watch how he's using his body as a wide receiver. I think he got a lot of uh, notoriety in the preseason because he had two really big uh, touchdown catches, uh, long touchdown catches from um, from RG3 in the preseason. But I saw something um, yesterday in the first half, just a nice little um, kind of like hitch route to the outside, bodied up Norman. Kessler put it, you know, a little high, and he just extended those arms out and uh, made the catch. I mean, like there was no way Norman was going to get to that because he was using his body to shield that. I, I think that's something that you see from guys that have been in the league a long time, not guys that have only been playing the wide receiver position for really only a year. Um, I, I think like his use of hands – uh, has got has gotten a lot better even just in the season I think week one against the Eagles saw him a couple of times trying to let that ball come to his body which is going to happen sometimes I think he's seen a more concerted effort extending those hands making those catches and again because he's using his frame he's using those long 10 foot you know wingspan trying to make those catches I think that's the two of the biggest things I've really seen so far what about his footwork because that's usually one of the toughest things for somebody to learn 
when they're moving to a new position is how to move the feet. What do they have to do with their feet? What have you seen from them from a footwork perspective? At the top of the route, he's a little choppy. Um, could probably can get a little bit more concise, but I think he makes up for it with his burst out of cuts. Um, you know, thinking back again, he had one where he kind of like got away with a little bit of a shove at the top, but it's like he kind of gets to the top of that route. And he just chops his feet just a little bit. You want to see him maybe like clean that up a bit because yeah, he has that change of direction, that quickness out of like the burst out of that cut that can really make him dynamic. I think, you know, he just kind of gets a little bit ahead of his feet a little bit. Yeah, that's a great point about changing direction. That's so crucial to a wide receiver, and that's something that you can't really learn. I mean, that just comes with who you are. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Um, before we move to the defense, I want to ask you about the Browns' run game and what you've seen from that aspect of their offense so far. Is it work in progress? Do you think it's on the right track? What have you seen? Well, I mean, compared to last year, I mean, we're, it's doing a lot better. So, so far, at least going into the Monday night game, you know, Cleveland ranks first in the league. Uh, total yards per, uh, and rushing yards per game at 149.2. Compare that back to their whole 2015 year where they only averaged, I think, somewhere around like 95 yards uh, per game. I think you're seeing Hugh make a more concerted effort to it. And I think he, if he's going to stick with Kessler, he's only going to benefit him more by sticking with that run game. I think last year you saw under Petten, you know, they got down early and he just abandoned the run completely. I mean, like we're talking like 15 rush attempts in a game. You're starting to see Hugh go to it more. You know, Isaiah Crowell has really helped that. Um, and so I think that's only going to help Kessler because it's not making, you're not asking him to then throw the ball 40, 50 times a game. That's just not what you want from a guy who's only made two starts in the league so far. Let's switch to the defense right now. Looking at a defense that's right now 22nd in the league in total defense, giving up 378 yards per game, 16th in pass defense, almost 260 yards per game, 24th in run D, 108, I mean 118 yards or so per game. Those aren't great numbers right now, but are those a little bit misleading in who they've played, or do you think there's something to the statistics so far? Uh, You know, I think there is a little something to the statistics. You know, I I, I was going back through looking, getting ready for this, and, you know, you look at the – you use your first first pick in the second round, you know, 32nd overall pick in Emmanuel Agba. And so far – and this is not just him, but, you know, you've mustered six sacks on the season. Um you look at the Miami game and, and the broadcast that was picking it up and it was just like you're seeing Tannehill with like three, three and a half, four seconds to throw the ball. You saw that again um, with Cousins in week four uh, here on Sunday and they're just not getting the pressure there. They're not getting the sacks, um, at least not in the first half. I think five of their six sacks have come in the second half. Um I think the run defense, when you compare it to the last two years, you're not comparing it to much, so it has been an improvement. Um, but again, it's just, it has those lapses. I, Matt, uh, Matt Jones was able to just run to the outside basically at will on Sunday. Um, you started to see some improvement. It was kind of a step back there, I think. Do you think with respect to getting after the quarterback, it's an issue where they need to blitz more? Are they blitzing a lot? Are they, like, how is that coming about? Like, are they blitzing? Are they not? Like, what do you think the problem is up front? I think, um, so I know the one sack they got, uh, Brienne Body Calhoun came off a delayed blitz. So I think Ray Horton's pretty good about mixing it up. I think a lot of it is getting that initial push. They're getting that push back, but then you're just not seeing guys come off the blocks, getting sacks. Um, 
I don't. I, I haven't recognized them doing much more than five man rushes. I don't know if going to six man rushes is going to help. Um, but at the same time, I mean, you got to do something to get pressure on the quarterback. I mean, you, you can't keep giving them three seconds because you start to see that secondary who is already short. I mean, it seems like there's a guy, either Hayden or Tremont Williams, is hurt every week. And you're asking rookies, you're asking guys like Tracy Howard and Brian Body Calhoun, who have played four games in the NFL, to cover for four to five seconds. And you're just not setting those guys up to succeed. Yeah, I did want to ask you about that secondary and what your thoughts were on guys like Joe Hayden, who's been around in the league for a while now. Is this secondary in a good spot, or do you think that they still need a talent infusion maybe at the end of this year? I wouldn't be opposed to seeing a talent infusion. Um, I have my concerns about Joe Hayden. You know, he's, he's, he's a pro bowler. Um, you know, he had injuries last year. He had the two interceptions against Baltimore. I think Flacco really helped him with the one, basically throwing right to him. You know, I saw him week one against Nelson Aguilar, and Aguilar had that touchdown catch on, this, on the nine route um, to, the right, to the right side, and it just looked like Joe Hayden's out there guessing. He jumps inside, Aguilar goes outside, and then it's just off to the races, and Aguilar is just faster than him. You know, I, I don't know if it's just because he missed so much time last year, but, I, you know, it's a little concerning when you watch that. Now, you look around everybody else. You've got Ibrahim Campbell at strong safety. You've got Derek Kindred at uh, strong safety. Again, two guys that have been um, in the league for a year or only – it's their rookie year or they've only been in for a year. You want to see those guys develop, but at the same time, when like – I, I don't know. You want, I guess, you want to make sure that those are the right guys. Um, you look at the other cornerbacks. You got Jamar Taylor. You picked him up. He was a former second round pick for the um, for the Miami Dolphins, and he's looks good so far. He has two interceptions, but I mean, he's a very boomer bust guy. You got Tremont Williams. I think he's 33, 34 years old. I don't think you're wrong to go ahead and keep trying to add to that. I mean, you've got 14 picks in next year's draft. Might as well go ahead and add to it, you know? Yeah, I'd agree with that. So now, look, Cleveland's sitting 0-4, and they get to host the New England Patriots next week, coming off a loss, getting Tom Brady back. What are your expectations for that game? I mean, obviously people kind of think, oh, the Brady revenge game, this is going to be a bloodbath. Do you agree with that? I mean, I necessarily don't, but what are your thoughts? I'm slightly worried. Um, slightly I would worried? Yeah, I would have felt better had they uh, put up a little – if the uh, Patriots would have put up a little bit more of a fighting chance there last week. Because, yeah, I think you do get Bill Belichick a little upset. Rex Ryan did him no favors with some of his post-game comments, so I feel like he might be ready to come in and uh, uh, bring it to him. Um, at the same time, I mean, you know, Tom Brady's been off in Italy for a month. Yeah, I mean, who knows what kind of shape he's in, right? Right, exactly. Like, he might need to knock off some rust and – um, we'll just see, you know, um, Gronk, you know, that hamstring's been bo- bothering him. So maybe uh, maybe we're catching him at the right time. I don't know. Uh, you know, it's, it's going to be a tough game, I think. If they can keep it within 20, I think it's going to be happy. Because then I think you're going to run into an issue where you, if they get down early, you're going to see Kessler have to start making throws that he's not used to making. And it's just going to compo- uh, compound that. And I think, you know, Bill Belichick will... <laughs> will take care of them pretty easily if it starts to get to that so well michael great stuff man really appreciate having you on we'll get you back here to talk some browns pretty soon sound good 
Sounds good. Hopefully after a win sometime, if we can get one. Definitely. That would be great. Folks, that's Michael Nuttall, a contributor to InsideThePylon.com, as well as a Scout and Academy student. If you're not following him, please follow him on Twitter. You can find him. He's at MPN underscore 21. Give him a follow. He's going to be doing some more and more stuff with us at Inside the Pylon. As always, check out the site, InsideThePylon.com. I've got new articles coming up all the time. Thanks for listening. Chuck will probably be back tomorrow. Who knows how long his Scandinavian trip's going to take. But if not, I'll be here and we'll take you through some more NFL and college football action. Thanks again to Michael. And we'll see you here next time on the Inside the Pylon Quick Kicks Podcast.